Episode 299 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Seminoff. Wichita's Integra Technologies was already the nation's largest outsourced assembly and test services company, but in the past month it has planned for a mega expansion a $1.8 billion semiconductor facility to be built in Bel Air with incentives from the local, county, state, and federal levels. President and CEO of Integra, Brett Robinson, joins me in episode 299 as we talk all things semiconductors and talk about how this mega project came to be. It's a fascinating story. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week's cover story is a spotlight on International Women's Day which is next Wednesday, March 8th. We take a look at women in male-dominated careers, such as engineering and manufacturing. Managing editor Shelby Kellerman profiles two professional women in those fields, and reporter Daniel McCoy looks at what's being done in education to encourage girls to get into those careers. The cover story begins on page 10. This week's list is our annual Coke Industries Companies list. See where those Coke companies range in size for 2023, beginning on page eight. Our quarterly Excellence in Healthcare series returns this week. Meet 23 top healthcare professionals from our area, beginning on page 19. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly leads section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our leads section this week, begins on page 33. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. It's a pleasure to welcome Brett Robinson to this week's podcast. Brett is president and CEO of Wichita's Integra Technologies, and I'm going to guess you're one of the busiest people in Wichita right now, so we thank you for the time. <laughs> Thanks, Kirk. It's been a, it's been a, Roller coaster ride, and we've enjoyed every minute of it. We appreciate all the support. Did you have your seatbelt on for this roller coaster ride? <laughs> Not tight enough, I don't think. <laughs> well, let me just lay out what's going on. In the past 30 days, Integra has announced plans for $1.8 billion semiconductor facility. Uh, it announced it'll come with more than $300 million in Apex incentives from the state of Kansas. That's the state's second mega project after the Panasonic uh, project in DeSoto. And last week, the big announcement that the site for the new facility will be in Bel Air at K254 and Rock Road. Tell me just from your perspective as the president and CEO, has this last month or two months just been a blur to you? It has. We, uh, we've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. Uh, obviously, we could not for you know obvious reasons. We were under NDAs with the state and, and the like. But yes, once that NDA got lifted with that announcement in Topeka, uh, it has been an absolute thrill ride. And we just can't believe the amount of support we're getting um, from, you know, local folks, national folks, potential customers reaching out. It has just been very hard to keep up with. But uh, if nothing else, we feel very blessed to have it all happening for us. 
I, I watched the live stream of the site announcement uh, last week and our reporter Shelby Kellerman was there and it seemed like a very juiced atmosphere that a lot of entities getting together and very excited about this. It, it, has that surprised you or does something this big obviously come with that kind of excitement? Yeah, that's a great question. And we discussed it prior to the site announcement about how many people would be there and, you know, just how much excitement would be around a site announcement. And, you know, our count was a little over 200 people showed up to that site announcement and just, again, an outpouring of support. Folks stayed around for a long time afterwards talking about it. And we, we have, of course, been working on it for a lot of years. And it's, uh, it's nice to see that support. Talk about how it began. Uh, you're, you were already are the, the largest, I'm mean, going to want to make sure I get this OSAT uh, acronym right. Maybe you can talk about what OSAT is. You're the largest OSAT facility or company in the, in the country. So how did this start? So I'll start with the OSAT. We are, that stands for Outsource Semiconductor Assembly and Test which is just an industry acronym for the back half of the semiconductor manufacturing process. So you get large wafer fabs that actually produce the beginning portions of it, which is a silicon wafer. And, and then we take over from that point on out to create a, a usable semiconductor. So if, if the United States were to build just fabs, um, we would just be shipping a bunch of wafers offshore to have them packaged. So that's that's where we fill the niche in the uh, in the supply chain. How we got our start is we started actually as NCR Corporation uh, back when they had their large manufacturing facility right over here at 37th and Rock Road. Um, the reliability of semiconductors in the early 80s was significantly less than the reliability today. They were spending a lot of money on field service and decided they would buy a bunch of testers to test the components before they put them on their boards. They did that and quickly found out that there is a lot of capital wrapped up in semiconductor equipment and they were not using them 24 hours a day. So they decided to start selling it as a commercial service, knowing that other companies needed the same services. And that's, that's really how we got our start. We transitioned through all of you know, AT&T bought NCR, then they split themselves off. So we were Lucent Technologies. And, you know, for a five-year period in there, we were part of Amcor Technology, which at the time was the largest OSAT in the world. Um, but we have since transitioned back to a private company here in Wichita, now an employee-owned company since 2008. It's, it's been a fun ride. And you've even been one of Inc's, Inc. Magazine's fastest growing companies a few years ago, like 2020, I think, which... A 115% increase in revenue over three years. That's that's pretty major. Yes. It's it's what we do is a very in-demand service and growing every year. Um, obviously, the content of electronics is is continuing to increase. The number of chips inside of a car uh, is mind-boggling these days, but it's we're we're lucky to be in a great industry. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, over these 40 years, why stay in Wichita? That's a good question. And it's uh, one of the things we get asked quite often. Um, folks in the semiconductor industry obviously associate Silicon Valley and, and other areas. But for us, Wichita has always been home. The community has always been supportive, at least those who knew we were here. <laughs> um <laughs> always able to find the talent we need. The workforce here is just 
beyond comparison. We've we've seen other areas, and it's really hard to consider moving to any other location when you've got kind of that Midwestern work ethic and value system. Um, it it works very well for us. And obviously, we'll talk more about workforce here in a little bit because it's going to get a little bit bigger for you. But um, we'll, uh, before we get there, how did you get started with, with Integra, Brett? So I started in 1990 with the company as I was going to school. It was a part-time job working as a production operator to pay my way through school. Um, I came on and I just fell in love with the semiconductor industry. All of the stuff we were working on is just fascinating to me. It's constantly changing. And so I stayed on and have been here ever since. Uh, and obviously grown, you became vice president in 2011 and then and then president and CEO. Um, ever want to leave? Ever, ever wanted to go somewhere else and, and try your luck there? You know, I think everyone has their moments, right? You you get on a bad streak and you say, I've had enough. I got to go do something else. But never really seriously for any length of time wanted to consider anything else. Like I said, the industry is great. The culture at Integra is phenomenal. I mean, everyone here knows everyone and everyone pitches in for the, the common good instead of kind of some of the political environments you get into where it's a little bit of backstabbing and things like that. Everyone here is focused on the goal and, you know, that's how you get to be Inc. 5000 fastest growing company, right? It's everyone pulling together. And, and that's true from myself clear down to the operator level. Everyone has their eyes on the prize, so to speak. When, when you, when we talk about this huge project that, that is on the cusp of happening, uh, can you talk about the initial stages and how it got started realizing we can, we can do something really massive with some state and federal and local help. Sure. So I'm going to take back a little further than that even. And when I first started at Integra, we were doing a lot of commercial semiconductor business. So over the years, we watched that slowly transition offshore to Asia. Um, probably four, maybe five years ago now, there was discussion about the general supply chain risk specifically with the Department of Defense um, at the time with not having a large-scale semiconductor production happening in the United States. That transitioned into a broader concern about more of the supply chain partners uh, beyond the DOD. There's a lot of uh, what, what is known as the critical infrastructure, and, and today Integra serves 14 of the 16, but a lot of concern broadened out from just DOD into, we got a real problem here. You know, we invented this industry and then we watched it go offshore. So as those conversations and the concerns kind of picked up, we began making some plans for how can we do this, right? The reality is, as, as we've said many times, we can't do this without some government assistance. So about, I'm going to say three years ago, we started hearing the government talking about this CHIPS Act and the need to bring this, this industry back on shore. As with many things, it, it takes a lot of forms and, and went through a lot of iterations, but the pandemic really highlighted to everybody uh, the serious nature of what we've been talking about with the supply chain risk. So that kind of pushed the CHIPS Act over the finish line 
And then inside of that legislation is a requirement for state and local. They call it state and local matching. It's not a dollar for dollar match, obviously, um, but state and local incentives to apply for CHIPS Act funding. So that led us to discussions with the state of Kansas um, as our good fortune would have it. They had passed the apex legislation the year before. Um, we're still not locked in on any company for apex funding for 2023. Um, we've had a lot of great support from the governor, Lieutenant governor, Senate president Masterson, speaker Hawkins, all the state finance council um, and, and got that apex nomination uh, confirmed uh, a month ago, maybe now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're really fortunate to be working with Cedric County and, and Bel Air for the local side of this incentive package, uh, which I think is next week. Uh, it seems this may not be a 500 piece jigsaw puzzle, but it seems like a, a puzzle that a lot of pieces have to come together just right. Is that fair to say? If you if you don't have the apex part, does this happen if you don't have local and county help? Yeah, it's a good question. And I would say 500 pieces is a good starting point. <laughs> but yes, there's a lot of pieces that have to come together. So clearly we needed the federal funding, we need the state funding, and then we need the local funding. And I got to stop and say, you know, from, from the national standpoint, Senator Moran's leadership on national security, his recognition of the need for this CHIPS bill to pass and this industry to grow, and his support of you know, not just Integra, but all Kansas companies uh, is beyond pale. Um, he gets a lot of press about it and it's deserved. He he does a lot of work to bring other companies to Kansas to, to show off Kansas companies. He brought Micron into Integra a few weeks back, and that is kicking off a wonderful relationship between Integra and Micron. We recently got an MOU from Micron to build military components for Micron now. Um, but back to your question, yes, a lot of pieces, um, the state piece fell together. The lo the, the local piece sounds like it's going to come together next week. Beyond that, um, the CHIPS Act also requires Integra to have skin in the game. So there's financing partners, um, that we are talking to workforce development. It, it's required that we, we have a robust workforce development plan. So Keith Long and Greater Wichita Partnership have worked together and, and primarily Workforce Alliance Keith, Keith's team has come up with a phenomenal workforce development package in, in conjunction with us here at Integra. And we got over 30 community partners and over 25 educa education partners signed up to help us make this a reality. So while I didn't go through 500, you get a sense of how many um, pieces have to fit together and, and we're just overwhelmed with the support we've gotten. Everyone is is getting behind it and helping us push. Mm -hmm. And that was evident at your site announcement last week, but I'm, I'm just curious, and maybe you don't want to talk about this, but I'll ask anyway, were there ever any points where there was doubt about getting one entity or another that you really needed to, to buy in and to help? The short answer is every day. <laughs> 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 but... You know, it, it, it is just a process, right? I mean, we, we started talking about, you know, potential CHIPS funding three years ago, and there were points in there from the federal level where we were like, you know, this just is never going to happen. 
but it's just part of the process and understanding that each entity has a process they have to go through and it all takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, the, I know you have to be careful what you say with within chips act guidelines right now, but can you talk about where the application process stands or a timeline? What can you tell me about the timeline? I guess. That's a good question. So we, we are, cannot talk about where we are um, and any feedback we're getting. Uh, but generally speaking, the timeline is public. They opened the notice of funding opportunity or NOFO Tuesday of this week. So that dropped and then it laid out for what are called fabrication facilities. And, you know, we're a back-end fabrication facility in industry terms, OSAT, you know, it's all it's all the same. Um, that NOFO, when it dropped, provided a timeline and there's steps we have to go through. So first thing we have to do is file a statement of intent, which is just basically like a letter of intent to the government that says we intend to apply for funding. That letter has to go in 21 days prior to your submission of what's called the pre-application. Then there will be a full application. So walking through that a little bit more, the NOFO also established dates. And so for back-end semiconductor facilities like Integra, we can't put our pre-proposal in until May 1st. So backing up from that, we have to have our statement of intent in 21 days prior to May 1st. Now we're going to have ours in next week um, just to have it out of the way. But May 1st, we will submit our pre-application and then there will be some discussions and Commerce will give us some guidance. June 26th is when we can put the full application in. Uh, They did not release any guidance on how long after that or or exactly what that process would look like after that. Um, Obviously, we're still pushing for a late summer kind of award. Okay. Um, I I also wanted to ask about Bel Air and the why of of Bel Air. Uh, How did that conversation begin and were others considered? And I know it's it's really close to where you all are located now at, at near that North Rock area. Yeah, um, good question. So we used NAI Martins um, and we did a fairly exhaustive search for potential sites around the area. Um, we looked at a number of properties and ultimately we came down to a handful of finalist sites and we went through, narrowed that down to actually two And for both sites, we did a lot of, you know, we did environmental studies. We did core samples. We actually paid a company from California to come in and do vibration seismic analysis at both sites because the work we do is so sensitive. We can't have, you know, when a train goes by, we can't have the ground shaking too much kind of thing. So we did a lot of analysis of both sites. Both sites came out really fairly equivalent. Um, The exception kind of became that between Bel Air and our other finalist site, the building fits and works a lot better on that Bel Air site. Um, it's just a, a a function of fit more than more than any of the other requirements. And so it, it was the logical choice. Now, Bel Air itself, uh, the local government there has been very supportive, very responsive. Um, we worked through all of the natural, you know, are they a big enough city to support this kind of concerns? And they have just been a phenomenal partner to date. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What are some of the project's challenges that maybe we haven't heard about or maybe haven't been talked about from your perspective? Beyond getting all of those 500 pieces aligned, <laughs> um, <laughs> we do have to get um, a lot of customer commitments and demand filled in. And some of the challenges around that is talking to customers you know, in the beginning about a site that we can't really talk about, right? You know, we want to go build this site, but we can't talk about where. And, you know, getting a customer to say, oh, that sounds great. I'll sign up when they have no idea any of the details has been a challenge, right? Uh, some of that's loosening up, but still in, in an industry that's all about change, um, getting people to to make a firm commit on something that hasn't even broken ground that's got two years of construction is a challenge. It's it's not impossible. We've got great customer support. Don't get me wrong. There's I got no worries the factory is going to be oversold. But it, those conversations are a little bit of a challenge that our sales folks aren't used to because they're normally selling capacity that's up and running today, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, the other thing, you know, I would say is getting the plans for a facility and workforce of the size we're talking about while keeping the base business running and functional, making sure our customer satisfaction is still good. You know, it's been a challenge to kind of split our attention, but uh, again, something we've, we've adapted to. Mm -hmm. I, I did want to ask about workforce and hiring uh, once you're up and running, because you know, at the Business Journal, that's something we've written about in the past couple of years is is, is many sectors of, of companies or businesses here in our area are having trouble finding good, talented people. Uh, and it's quite a competition at times. Uh, you know, it, when when the announcement of the Apex funding came out, it was 2000 jobs. You upped it to 2500 last week with the site announcement. And then what struck me more than anything during that was Keith Lawing saying that we are going to find these people. This is not going to be a problem. I'm using my words and kind of yes. Keith. His confidence was remarkable to me. Um, do you share that confidence? And, and tell me why. I do share that confidence. Um, we, again, with Keith's help, have a fantastic workforce development plan. And we're going to be doing outreach to folks who have had barriers to employment who may not be working today. Um, again, with over 30 community partners, there's a lot of outreach that's capable that we're capable of into the community and find those people who, for one reason or another, are not working. Um, we've designed a program that that can help those folks see their way to to employment. We're also going to be doing a lot of recruiting from out of state. Um, just an example, I've got employees in my California facility that just as soon as this thing's up and running, want to move here. Uh, and they're going to be bringing families that need employment in other jobs in the Wichita region. So in that way, we're going to help those companies that are struggling to find people because family members will be coming in to work at Integra. Um, you know, and KSN did a story shortly after the Apex announcement about this very, very thing. And if you caught it, you know, Jeremy Hill mentioned from WSU uh, mentioned that even with this, we're not going to be back to our peak uh, as a city. So I think I'm very confident we're going to be able to find these folks. Mm -hmm. um, 
Talk about some of the partners that you, you've worked with locally on the project, architects, construction companies, uh, and what they've meant to this whole thing. Sure. So <laughs> I got I to start with GLMV Architecture. Uh, Matt Cortez and his team over there have been with us even before we started talking about CHIPS Act. Um, there was a smaller project that we had envisioned of building a new building um, actually, Matt will tell you seven years ago, they drew their first layout of a proposed building for Integra because we knew we were running out of space and we needed to expand. Um, but GLNV has been with us through multiple starts, stops, ups and downs, and a significant scope change in the project and, and been a partner you couldn't ask for anything different from. Uh, recently, when the thing got a little bit bigger and we knew we were going to need um, more details and backup, uh, they did bring in multiple partners, um, some from out of state with specialties in semiconductor clean room design. Uh, but here locally, Crossland Construction has been working with Matt and the team um, to do kind of the pricing and sourcing concern, you know, supply chain concerns. Crossland's done a great job of going out and saying, okay, here's here's where the current constraints are in the supply chain and and helping come up with a schedule of, okay, once once we get funded, this is what we got to get on order right now in order to hit our ultimate goal. Um, so Crossland has been there with us for a long time now, over a year. Um, other local companies, I mentioned in the side announcement, Folston has been our attorneys for, I don't know how many decades, but they have really stepped up. Um, we've we've met a whole lot more of their attorneys in the last couple of years than we've ever met before, um, just because there's so many different pieces, right? I mean, they've got folks over there that specialize in construction and how are we going to go out and put out a bid for the construction manager at risk or general contractor for this thing and stay stay in good good faith with the U.S. government. Um, so they're helping us with all of that and things we obviously don't know anything about. Um, we've talked to some local security companies, um, local cafeteria folks. I mean, it's just been, I, I would fail if I tried to start going through and name everyone that we've talked to over the last year. And it's just been a entire community response that you couldn't ask for more. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to ask about what the, the vibe inside the company's walls are right now. This seems to be progressing nicely. Um, just talk about the excitement level. Yeah, we, uh, it, so, you know, we this year were honored as one of the best places to work in the Wichita mm -hmm. Business Journal contest. Um, we've always been proud of our culture and our people. The people here are second to none. And the reason we've been so successful over the years, they are head over heels to see how close we are to making all of their hard work turn into something uh, that that is beyond anything that we would have dreamed of. And so since the uh, best places to work announcement, I would say the excitement and enthusiasm has it, enthusiasm has at least doubled. <laughs> and what about for you? Another thing that struck me in that in that press conference last week was 
you are not a showman. You are not a very flamboyant person. You kind of ran that press conference like you're making the trains run on time, that that you wanted to get everybody. <laughs> you were a good MC. You wanted to get everybody mentioned. You wanted to introduce everybody, but you were not bombastic at all about what is a really big deal. Um, are you comfortable kind of being a national newsmaker uh, in this role? So... You know, it's interesting. I mentioned when I started here, I was going to school. So I, I went to school for my undergrad was in computer science. So I spent, you know, several years of my early career as a programmer. I was perfectly happy being in a dark room with, you know, <laughs> leave me alone. You know, <laughs> so there, there's still a portion of my personality that is, you know, a little uh, introverted, if you will. So <laughs> you picked up on it very well. And <laughs> But you're, it's not you're, my natural state to be a newsmaker, uh, but certainly honored to be in the position. Uh, well, we look forward to following the progress, and as the as the Chips Act application gets going this this year, and then after that, hopefully everything goes well, and you'll you'll get to some construction here pretty soon. Brett, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, and good luck and congratulations already on what's what's been a major deal. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 299. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.